When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. And welcome, welcome to the Invested Podcast. <laughs> I'm coming to you from my upstairs hideaway. Oh, Dad. I'm looking uh, at my dad, and he is in a bed. Somehow the bed matches the wallpaper, weirdly. It's very hard to do that, but we I did I can it. imagine. It's quite good. By we, do you uh, mean somebody uh, else? This is, this is our guest bedroom. And um, I'm here because I've got to be careful how I sleep because I broke my collarbone Ugh. the day before yesterday. It's ah, just sadly, it's just such a bummer. It's such a bummer. It's just one bloody thing after another. It seemed like, uh, but this was really fun, right? Till yeah, I was going to say, tell us the story. What did you do? Yeah, we were out just, you know, just kind of starting to get our horses tuned up for hunt season. And I'm on Cyan, who's this wonderful, fabulous, big gelding, Irish draft and super good horse. And we had just been walking for probably an hour or so. And um, we were coming back into the barn and Melissa thought that it was quicker to go left. And I thought it was quicker to go right. And so- You were almost home. Yeah, we were almost home. Like you almost made it. Almost inside of the house. And so I said, okay, well, I'll tell you what, let's see which is faster. And she said, okay, now, but you have to walk because we're just walking, right? So walking. I said, okay, I'm walking. And um, so I walked about 100 yards, Cyan and I did. And I saw where I was when we opened up out of the woods into a field. And I went, oh, Melissa's right. She's way going to get to the barn before me. And I thought, and she knows it. So I am going to speed it up and try (laughs) to catch up. (laughs) So it's this long fence line. And I put Syed into a nice hand gallop. And he was moving along, feeling good. And at the end of the fence line, it bends a hard left. And it slopes down a little bit. And I geared down, like just take him down into a canter and... Man, I had no idea how slick the grass was right there. And as we went around the corner, he just lost all four feet and went straight sideways at a, <gasps> at a canter. Oh. And the ground there is really hard. It's right next to the road. And man, I hit so hard. It was all, both of us came down just flat like that. Boom. Like on and his thank belly? thank goodness, on his side. On his side. But yeah, your leg wasn't, four, was your leg under him? F- well, it was when we were in the air, sideways, but as we came down, I, I sort of crunched up and I tucked uh, a little bit. Oh, good job. And, God. and uh, no, he didn't land on my leg. Might have landed on my foot or something, but he didn't hurt me. I'm so glad. And that he's your okay. Leg didn't thank get crushed. goodness. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been bad, and I could have smacked my head and kind of came down on the back of my shoulder, 
and um, and ribs and it oh man I hit so hard and it was one of those moments where you just go okay I'm hurt oh and I heard I heard a pop too in my shoulder oh. and I I'm like okay I'm hurt now it's just a question of can I get up and you know then you sort of roll around a little bit and just kind of try to find what doesn't hurt to move uh-huh. and meanwhile Cyan stood by me for. A few moments there while I was grunting around. So Cyan was okay enough where he got up? He got right up. Okay. Yep. And the reins stayed over his neck. So we went down so fast the reins didn't even come over his head. Oh my and, gosh. And so he stood there. I think he decided, I need to go for help. And then he <laughs> took off galloping for the barn. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Timmy's in the well. Timmy's in the well. If you do not know that reference, you've never watched Lassie from 1950s. <laughs> I think he was like, well, I guess we're done here. All right. I guess we're done here. I'll Great. see ya. Good, good stuff. But sure yeah. enough, he, 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 he caused help to come. And it, Melissa saw him going without a rider. And uh, she sent Carrie to go catch him and came back for me. And by then I was up and walking and, you know, making my way to the barn. Oh gosh, Dad, it's a yeah. rough one. I thought I thought some I, you know I had a big swelling right there, so I went in yesterday and got an X-ray, and it's a very very nice, clean, almost totally clean break, and all the way through that reset itself right into the almost right spot. So they're just telling me, really, yeah, that's awesome. It's offset by about a I don't know quarter inch or something, not even that. Wow. So they're thinking that it'll bond up if I don't move it for four weeks so I'm not moving it yeah 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 don't mess with that because then if it heals up wrong you've got to do surgery and it's a whole right exactly well they're going to watch it real closely if it starts to be in the wrong spot they're going to do surgery okay which I'm hoping I don't have to do I had a horse wreck playing polo years ago I don't know if you remember this or not but it's about 11 years ago and um, had it repaired in Jackson Hole. Yeah. And oh man, they had to they had to repair everything in there, and I had to hold my arm without motion for a month. And oh my gosh, when when I started doing physical therapy, it was so frozen. Oh. I don't know if any of you out there have ever had that happen, but a frozen shoulder is no joke. Some people have to go into surgery to get it unfrozen. They just hold them down and yank it I guess or something I don't know but everything locks up and and it was not really opening up like I was doing all the therapy and it hurts like crazy so I did all the therapy for a month and it wasn't really opening up right and um, but and the doctors told me you know that's not to ride because it could damage right if I came off Mm -hmm. but I thought if I'm just really careful it should be all right so I started riding and just the motion of riding a horse opened the whole shoulder up. I mean, completely perfectly. Hmm. See, look at that. I can open it all the way up. Went back to playing polo with it. So, um, yeah, I understand how frozen these things can get if you do it wrong. Yeah. But I have a secret weapon. Riding riding horses, I found, is great <laughs> rehab. Like, when I, I broke, uh, I broke, I, I crunched or collapsed a couple of vertebrae and... And getting back on the horse. Another time. The, yeah. Yeah. Another time. And then getting back on the horse after they fused them was a key to getting the back loosened up and hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. horses. There's a it's a two it's a two sided blade, I guess you could say. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's definitely a good motion. It's supposed to be very good for your back. That it walking also. It's that uh, it's that sort of repetitive, low impact motion. Well, the the most. I think the toughest thing right now is that I have been walking a great deal. I know. You've been getting in such good shape. I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, ever since the army. So listen to this, everybody. Dad has been going out, not every morning, a lot of mornings, right? Mm -hmm. And walking with the hounds that are being trained on the farm. And by walking Mm -hmm. with the hounds, what that means is going really fast at like a little dog pace and mm-hmm. keeping up with them and keeping track of them. So, and then like stopping when they stop. So it's essentially intervals. Mm-hmm. It's crazy what you've been doing. I've been so proud of you. Oh, well, I am honestly, I'm sort of sore proud of me as well. It's like, I have really despised walking ever since the army. It's like, you know, it's almost it's so four boring. years of I know. carrying a pack, you know, and, and then I, I hiked a lot in the Grand Canyon, um, you know, going up into the side canyons and things like that for about 10 years. And I just, I don't know, you know, I was just sort of done with it. And and now I'm really feeling better. It's like I've sort of, you know, put on an ankle brace and put on a knee brace and do all the things you got to do when you're older. And, um, but I, I can't believe how good a shape I'm in. When we went to hike in Iceland it's like yeah I really and I'm enjoying the walking you know yeah you were feeling good on the hikes yeah very good that's great climbed up to the top of two two volcanoes and just you know they weren't huge but they were they were a hike and uh, felt really good and so right I'm not going back out hiking for a day or two I gotta figure out how I can hike at that speed or walk at that speed with my arm braced right just held right here i mean I think I'm they gonna... gave you a brace right or something well they they gave me a arm sling and so the thing is i don't want to swing it you know i don't yeah, want to swing yeah. it so yeah i think i'm going to strap it to my body and then go with that i think all right it should work um so getting back out there god yeah i just can't get over that this oh I, one more know, man, stuff one more injury. stuff happens it's it funny how, how it works is if I feel like so much if you're if you're in a life that you really love, then when when the when the things happen that happen in life, you know, the injuries or the illness or whatever, it's like they're on a foundation of kind of joy. And it's like, yeah, you just kind of go through it. I don't know. It's it's really different. I've been really sick and really hurt in places where I wasn't in a good place. And it's misery, man. It's so hard, you know? Mm. I don't know if you make it, if that makes any sense or not, but I find that, I find that, you know, I've just got, you know, Melissa's here and I've got you right, right there, right on the Zoom, it's great. <laughs> Your sister, the, the two step, my steps on Hunter, you know, is right here. He just started work yesterday, which is pretty exciting. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Daniel's up there. We get, we get everybody. You know, Zoom is fabulous for pulling everybody together in one place. I love it. And yeah, I think great. that if the illness or injury doesn't really, like, cause a huge problem, then, yeah, of course it's 
easier to deal with. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, if you just have to sort of suffer through it, right? Yeah. Is that what you mean by a huge problem? No, I mean, that's not a huge problem? I mean, like... The huge like problem a, is just suffering through it. That's yeah, if the it. only issue is, like, just that illness or, like, just the pain of it, the discomfort, the annoyance, like, that's annoying and and dis- uncomfortable, etc. But it's not, like, threatening your livelihood. It's not threatening your family. It's not... Uh, causing right. massive stress in other areas which is what happens to many people when it's like something really major or even smaller things then yeah i think it's like all right i'll just get through this it's you know it's it's you know. weird it's just like since we started this podcast we've been doing this almost seven years right or, or we've been doing it full seven years i have <laughs> this is not anomalous in other words this moment we're having right now I have, in that seven years, I've had, <laughs> I broke my back twice, had okay. two back surgeries, one of which fused the fused L4 and 5. Um, I've broken ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, I burned myself really bad, mm-hmm. like was hospitalized for almost a month. And then what else? Um, your shoulder surgery was before the podcast, I think. Yeah, the big shoulder surgery was before um, we started the podcast. I but, don't know. Man, Maybe I mean, that's enough. Know. And then I've had like life-altering long-term illness. Maybe this yeah. podcast is bad luck. Maybe it's like the Hope <laughs> Diamond and we need to get rid of it. <laughs> well, if you all decide to stop listening, it'll die of its own death. <laughs> But until then, I guess not. I mean, in this particular podcast, you guys are probably bored to tears because we haven't said a word about anything to do with investing. I know, I know. Yeah, but we probably should. We started off on Glanbia, which is this Irish company, and I actually took a took a dive into it and really find it rather interesting, to tell you the truth. So maybe Um, for our uh, remaining minutes here, maybe. I would like to know, since this is what we were talking about last time, is how do you start? How did you start? Because I know you dove in and you were excited about it. How did you, like, where did you start with it? Well, I just started by trying to understand if I can understand it. That's my first step. Okay. And and that was just a matter of uh, looking at a couple of different websites, you know, essentially looked at their website. And... I think we talked about this a little bit already where I just kind of went right to the about part. Yeah, you did that when we, I think we recorded that when you were doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you end up with a pretty decent idea of what the company does and whether you can understand it. And it turns out it's a pretty simple company. I mean, they make performance nutrition. Okay, so what does the company do? They make performance nutrition and nutraceuticals. And there's, there's three elements, really. Performance nutrition, nutraceuticals, and and uh, cheese. <laughs> and they got Irish. into those nutraceutical businesses by the cheese, like they made whey. <laughs> and so they sort of slid into it. So this is a hundred year old company that is being modernized by uh, the, the current team via uh, just a view to the future. Like where, where do we want to take this thing? Because we have cash flow coming off of this legacy business. Hmm. Um, they are one of the bigger cheese producers in the United States, although they're an Irish company. Hmm. And they got there by buying companies in the U.S. Um, they were a co-op, essentially, 
that went public and got itself some money and started buying stuff. And so the board of directors, interestingly, in this company has, I think, about 11 people on it. And five of them are real farmers. I mean, like the real farmer farmers. Cool. That are, are, are a legacy position. I say five. I'm, I'm, my memory might be wrong. It might be three. But there's a bunch of farmers on this board who farm. I mean, they're, they're the real deal. And they're there as a legacy from the ownership of what they call the society that owns about 30% of this company. The, f- the former co-op. Yeah, the former co-op. So we have this real agricultural component to the company. And I'm just wondering at what point, I mean, three, three to five directors, I forget what it is, are a lot on a board and can really create a lot of issues if they don't like the direction that the rest of the board wants to go. I mean, just look at the takeover kinds of artists, you know, the Carl Icons of the world. They just get a board seat and they can create havoc. Mm-hmm. Right. And so these well, guys and I, stock and stock. So if these guys own collectively 30 or they re- essentially represent, you're saying 30 percent. Um, yeah, that's a that's a decent amount. Yeah, it is. It is a lot. And they could have a very heavy influence on the direction of this company. And I'm just thinking, you know, if they don't love the idea of being a nutraceutical company and doing performance nutrition, yeah, they might be a little hard to deal with, right? So that may be an issue. Or well, maybe they just think love they, it. Yeah, I mean, what makes you think they're negative on that? Well, I don't see them as a positive. I mean, how could they be a positive? These guys are farmers. They don't know, presumably, anything about marketing nutrition. Why would they? Right? Yeah. So there are a bunch of board seats being taken up that's either dead space or negative space. So Hmm. that ain't good. The best case for this board is that these guys are on there and it's ceremonial and they're having fun. And they don't really care what the company does as long as they continue making money. So in in a situation like this or in this situation, obviously it involves, I think about this stuff a lot when I'm looking at boards. It's so much conjecture and assumption and guesses, educated guesses. Mm-hmm. How much stock do you put in that, in those guesses? Like you're saying kind of like these guys have got to be negative, but do they got to be negative? I don't know. Maybe they like are super excited to not talk about farming for a while and are desperate to talk about protein shakes. I have no idea. Well, I didn't say they had to be negative. I said they're either negative or neutral. Or, or dead space, yeah. Dead space, neutral. Uh, best case, they're dead space. There's just no real case for positive space here. <laughs> why, would they have, why would they go select a board member from the farming community of Ireland to represent a company that's wanting to do performance nutrition for the future? And they just wouldn't. You know, it would be, to a certain degree, it would, it would be... Um, I mean, just sort of like investor mouth practice, you know, it would be like you're putting your friend on here. There's no other reason you could possibly want a farmer from, you know, Southern Ireland. With that assumption, what do you... So it's a red flag is all. Okay. And it's like, I feel like you're looking to, to 
date somebody here, right? Sort of the right. idea is you're interested in this person, and you, you you can't say that there's this one characteristic that I must have, right, or something, or I, you can't say that there's one characteristic that sets the whole case. You just mm -hmm. you, you know, I suppose if you're a racist, you could <laughs> say, okay, they're the wrong color, they're, they're out. But short of something like that, you're going to take the not whole not going to produce great results in any situation. You know, this guy that I was mentoring me when I first got started was uh, we were looking at farms in the San Joaquin Valley uh, from Getty Oil to spin off. And it was an interesting sort of investment. And uh, this guy's name is Lester. And he said, he said, well, when you guys are looking at farms, you're talking about me and, and Bill Witherspoon. He said, when you guys are looking at farms, you're like somebody looking at a girl you want to date and you're asking all the wrong questions. Hmm. <laughs> you're asking questions like, hmm, are her fingernails long or short? You know, I mean, just really trivial stuff that you guys are <laughs> asking and you're not asking the really important questions about farms because you don't know anything about farms. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's his point. Yeah. And really, isn't that the, the whole case for, for looking at a new company that you've never seen before? Yeah. Is you're asking a lot of questions and you think you're asking good ones, but they may be not that relevant. So I that's totally. Yeah, yeah, I feel that in my bones. Yeah. It's the to me, that's the sign that. I mean, it's an obvious sign, right? Like, I don't know enough about this. This is not my competent area. But then the next part, as we've talked about, is sometimes you go and you learn enough about it to become sure. competent. So like, then the next like sort of bony part is like, do I want to keep, do I have like the desire to learn? Right. <laughs> it's, it's so but that much little feeling Lou. of like um, nervousness of like, wait a second, I don't even know what to ask. Right. That's a That's a good moment of like, not my area of competence, not my circle. Not of my area at this point. But it's not forever not your area necessarily, no, right? right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Lee Lu makes the case over and over again. I, I, I love the case he's made. So that you focus on what you're already passionate about and what you love and what, what turns you on. And then you magnify it. You, that's where you start to grow your investing expertise. So I look at a company like this, and the first thing that attracts me, actually, is that it's international and it's Irish. I think that's cool. I'm just interested. Yeah. Huh. What is it about an Irish company that's interesting? And so right away I see it's a bunch of farmers on the board. I'm like, that's interesting too. Okay, well, where mm -hmm. did this come from? Mm -hmm. And then you look at the the rest of the staff. So I dug into the bios on the rest of the management team. And without exception, except without exception except for these two board members that just came on. They were just voted mm. onto the board. Mm. Every other person on the board who's not a farmer is an accountant Whoa. every single one of them including essentially the ceo of the company and the heads of each of the divisions they're all accountants and so i was like whoa i wonder if an accountant's degree is the equivalent of an mba in europe and then i hit on this other person who was an mba in europe and it's like well hmm okay it could be just cultural that people who intend to run companies in the future in Europe or in Ireland anyway, go get accounting degrees. That could be the case. So I'm open to that being it. 
Otherwise, I'm looking at this and going, I can't help it, but I'm looking at this and thinking, whoa, we got bean counters running this thing, yeah. which means to me that we have people who are not particularly, at least not sort of emotionally creative. You know, they're not, they're not the, the people who are going to find the next generation of great stuff and, and create it and build it. It's not, not typically, right? Not that they couldn't be. Right. You could have accountants who are rock stars. It could happen. Totally. I but mean, what I find speaking. curious is this shift from a che traditional cheese, Irish cheese farming company to something completely, I want to say newfangled, like new something fangled. totally like, <laughs> you it's, know, like bro-ish, like protein shakes, you know, like I think of like bros in the gym pumping the iron. Like it's just so different. It is bros in the gym pumping iron, but a much more modern version of that when they show their graphics modern. is all like, Much better you know. word than newfangled. Thank you. <laughs> And it's so true. It's like, okay, well, and then I realized, wait a second, maybe that's exactly what this company needs at the top. Yeah. At least to get where they are now, because yeah. what they're doing is they're buying their way into what they want. Uh. All right. So you've got people who are really good at running the numbers and they're running numbers on all kinds of small companies that are in this nutrition space and they're rolling them up into what is now, get this, the number one performance nutrition company in America hmm. by, by revenue. They're the biggest. I've never even heard of them. They are the biggest. Wow. That is hilarious. I'm super intrigued. So, you are selling this as an interesting research project. It? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got sold to us by our listener who called that in. I, apologize for not remembering his I name. I think we had two listeners say Glanbia. I'm going to have to look up the emails. Anyway, you listeners are the best. I yeah. think two different listeners suggested Glanbia. So it must be a pretty big, well-known company in Ireland. Well, I've got, you know, I've got students who are looking over my shoulder. They've been through um, a lot of education that we do on Rule 1 Investing in there. They're long-time students, like years and one of them is european who knows glanbia mm -hmm. and immediately wrote me that this is a very very intriguing company and mm. we should go deep in it so well, i'm doing it for the students as well as everybody here. okay we heard about glan i looked up the emails we heard about glanbia from paul well, maybe paul, only go, paul man. yeah thank you Paul. now so it's it's a kind of a roll-up and they are doing a good job of it. They're profitable. They're steady. They're growing it. I don't know. Oh, pick your number. Hey, sorry point. to interrupt. But Paul says Glanbia is the Irish words for clean food. Right. How cool is that? Right. They make the case right on the top of, of their website. Clean food. So they've got the right idea, right, for the future, I think. It's a really good idea. They're already big, big enough in the space to to be able to think about what their moat might be, right? So there's obviously not a Glanbia moat in terms of a brand or something, but mm -hmm. they may have product moats, right? Yeah. They, well, they let's talk more about that. I want to hear about the products. I want to look at it a little myself. And let's talk well, more about- At this point, I haven't, I haven't dug into the products. I was interrupted by an injury. 
terrible. I know. And I'm conscious to not keep you talking for too long. I want you to oh, get some rest so today. It's fun to be thinking about this, though. So just we're going to wrap up, I know. But I just wanted to say that after, after diving into the board and seeing the board, then I got onto the annual report, mm-hmm. which is the most interesting annual report I've ever read. And because I haven't looked Excuse at other me? Irish companies... Yeah, interesting in terms of I'm seeing all kinds of things I've never seen before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that with XOR when I started reading about XOR, which is um, based in the Netherlands. There was all this stuff that I had never seen, and it was great. It was like data that I'm like, why don't you tell us this stuff in the U.S.? Wow, no kidding. It is like full disclosure, baby. So that's been really fun. and it's I very much enjoyed it. So yay for that part of the whole thing, um, in terms of getting getting the data. So that and it makes me think that the numbers I'm looking at are probably good. I don't know for sure, but I imagine they are with European regulation. And um, the numbers are interesting and interesting enough to proceed. They're not carrying too much debt. They're not screamingly growing or anything, but they are growing steadily. And my sense of it is that these accountants are running a very tight ship, that they've got the farmers looking over their shoulder, somewhat skeptical hmm. about how they're handling their 30%. And, um, and for that reason, I don't think they're going to take any big risks or big leaps or anything that's going to cause this company to have a big problem. So I think it's very responsibly managed. Uh, now, whether it's the kind of business I would want to own in terms of return, will depend a great deal on um, the sort of market willing, the market's willingness to value them. And right mm-hmm. now, I think they're really close to a 10 cap valuation, which is really viable. And my big question is moat, just from everything you've said. Right on. That's going to take What on day. earth is their moat? Yeah. And they don't, their, their and, price of their stock doesn't seem to have just launched itself recently or anything. Or dropped dramatically, and I always am concerned if I see something that appears to be on sale, and the price hasn't recently collapsed, recently being the last couple of years, for some obvious reason, right? Some problem has happened. Then I'm skeptical that I'm looking at something on sale. I hmm. may be looking at something that's a commodity type company. Hmm. They're plugging along, they're profitable, but they're not something that is exciting. They don't have a big moat. They can't defend big margins and it may not be really what I'm after. So that's where we are at this point. Interesting. Yeah, very. Okay. But worth digging into more. Yeah. So I hope you guys are looking at it too. And next week we'll climb down the, the smokestack and, and see if we can get in the living room of this company and figure out what they're doing. I just cool. made that metaphor I, up. I, I like right it. On the yeah. Spot. It's very Santa Clausy. <laughs> Okay. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for bearing with us during during the upheavals. (laughs) I hope you're having a good summer. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. 
and I'm really important. It's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>